Hi, I'm Lee. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Saturation Italicized on Weagle 91.1 FM. Tune in live at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays for your weekly dose of art and design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Saturation Italicized on WEGL 91.1 FM. We are here every Tuesday at 9 p.m. just to discuss your art, writing, design needs. Let's jump right in. Lauren, what do you have planned this week? Okay, so I'm going to talk about the what I've called the Age of Soda rebrand because <laughs> there have been four like major packaging rebrands in sodas since 2023 has started. That's huge. I know. It's like one a month. I know. That's a lot. So in no particular order, we're going to start with Sierra Mist became Starry. Did you, ever br- uh, did you ever drink Sierra Mist? I don't drink any soda, and I never have. Okay, that's valid. I like, <laughs> haven't drank any of these drinks either. I'm not a fan of like any of the ones I'm talking about. I kind of like Fanta sometimes. Okay, perfect. Well, then you'll like the <laughs> second one we talk about. But um, Sierra Mist, I didn't even know that they did this until my brother told me. And I was like, oh, okay. Podcast content then. Um, but basically, Sierra Mist is a product of Pepsi. And it's it's been replaced by this new brand called Starry that has been in the shelf since January and p- competes with Coca-Cola's Sprite. Um it says that Starry bursts with lemon-lime flavor <laughs> and, quote-unquote, hopes to give people a choice in an area that has been de- dominated by one brand for for years. And it makes me wonder, like, Sprite does dominate the, like, lemon-lime soda. So mm-hmm. why even compete? Yeah, no, it's like, you know? you're not... You're not making this to give people a choice. You're making this to to make money off of that market. Yeah. Like, don't make it sound like you're doing this for the people. You're doing it for the money. Yeah, no, literally. So. But I'm wondering, like, does it taste that good? I don't know. I, I don't know. I would like to try. I did drink I did drink Sparite when I was, like, five and six and stuff. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm not a fan, so I'm, like, probably will never. I don't like lemon-lime sodas, and that's what, like, two of these rebrands are about but what about a mcdonald's sprite (sighs) you know i don't know that i've had a mcdonald's sprite like i really don't like sprite so Mm -hmm. i wouldn't even want to get it at mcdonald's it tastes like electricity that's what everyone says so maybe i should just try it i saw one time really quick i saw that like something something the reason they're sodas taste so like spicy like that is because of the way they like diffuse carbonation into them or something I don't know how it works. Some sciencey stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll have to look into that. <laughs> but um, Starry is offered in both regular and zero sugar varieties. And this is what I'm, this is like what's interesting. So Sierra Mist was created in 1999 and has been struggling to compete with Sprite. But now it's discontinued and they've started something else that doesn't have the same recipe. And Starry mm. allegedly has higher citrus flavors that are more fruit and more aromic or mm. a- aromatic. I don't know how to say that. Y'all know what I'm saying. I kind of want to try it. And they say its tagline is Starry Hits Different. Which oh, my 
god really irks me because i feel like the term hits different is just such a like pop culture thing right yeah. now that's yeah. not gonna withstand no, it's not gonna the test of time at all so what happens in like five years when no one says like blank hits different and it's still it's like you're gonna have to different com- you lose your brand identity yeah. you start over but good choice so, good choice pepsi yeah just just thought that was a little weird um but it says in the coming months, Starry has a national TV campaign and large-scale partnerships with sports and entertainment groups. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But Starry is not Pepsi's first attempt to recapture the market for lemon-lime soda. They also created this brand called Team, which was sold in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, as well as another kind called Slice. So it's like hmm. they seem to be... I don't know. They've tried this so many times now and nothing has been that successful. So I'm interested to see if this one sticks. As far as the actual design of the new bottle goes, I think they should have gone with any other color than black for mm-hmm. one of the accent colors. Yeah. Black is not a, good, it's not like, a good lemon drink. lime. Soda. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's not a good drink color at like, all. Now that I'm thinking about it, like sodas don't use black. That you have black and it's coke zero or diet yeah. or something one of those mm-hmm. you have black in like some body armors but when i see black on a can i'm thinking energy drink usually mm-hmm. um or like alcohol or alcoholic yeah i'm not thinking lemon lime i think they could have used a dark green would have looked nice mm-hmm. yeah i agree definitely agree and like they just went with such a stereotypical like yellow mm-hmm. bright like lemon yellow and lime green it's like could y'all have deviated from that at all yeah agreed i like the um i like the logo a lot not the mm-hmm. the lemon itself is fine quite literally but the actual mid, story yeah. yeah no i like the story nice, yeah the, the s story is pretty type looks nice yeah mm-hmm. we give it some props for that this next rebrand i think i think i do actually like a lot the fanta rebrand you don't oh she doesn't like it she doesn't mm, like it. i don't okay. like it we're gonna discuss <laughs> um so fanta is a coca-cola brand um and they have given it a new logo to try to unify the global identity because apparently like fanta has different um packaging in different places so they uh-huh. wanted to have a rebrand that would stick for several years all over um, and it was, like, a collaboration of, like, the in-house design team and a different firm. And they said that the old logo was too contained, didn't portray playfulness, and was geared towards a younger audience, which I agree with all of that. Um, the new logo is very similar. It has um, – it's more flat with neater letters. And there was, like, a little smiley face in the second A of Fanta originally. I didn't – ever noticed that before but that's been removed for the from the new logo um the shadow in the back like comes to a point and it's now a lighter blue than it was um and they removed the orange in the back of the logo because they have some drinks that aren't necessarily orange flavored Mm -hmm. so like I think all of these were like good calls um and yeah, for the first time, Fanta's new logo will be used in all countries, replacing previous separate brand identities for different regions. Um, and you can see they have like little icon looking mm-hmm. illustrations for each different flavor and each different flavor has like a color associated. So I feel like it's pretty, I feel like it looks good, but I do feel like it's really like icony now that I'm looking yeah. at it close up. Like it kind of looks like clip art. So for me, I I will say I didn't realize that 
the original Fanta logo looked like that. I don't know what I thought it looked like, but it wasn't that. And my biggest problem with the logo is like the font just doesn't work at all for me. I don't like the font either. I realized it reminds me so much of the show Fanboy and Chum Chum from Nickelodeon. Oh. Like this old animated show that was like a little icky. And when I was looking at it, I was like, that was the first thing I thought about. Did you think this was the old one? Yes, that's yeah. yes, that's what okay. I thought. And I like that. So like the old Fanta logo, I'm not sure when this is from, but it has a much more like organic typeface. Mm-hmm. It was all in lowercase, very rounded. I like it too, but like it is placed like in the middle of an orange and they've like No, for sure there's problems with it. There's but I I think I I do agree that the typeface this new one is just it's so angular and mm-hmm. like very structural. It flat, feels so chemically. Yeah. Like, it feels a little, like, Clorox. Yeah. Mm, I feel it's like not good. all of the other stuff that they've changed adds to the playfulness that they mm-hmm. were really going for, but I feel like not changing the type Yes, no, I can was pre- a bad decision. completely agree. I like the color studies. I like the mm-hmm. icons. That's all good. It's the type. The type is a huge problem to yeah. me, anyways. No, I definitely agree. Well... That's we are not being nice to anyone. We're of being these slanderous. Reviews. Whereas IPA bottles always look awesome, sodas look terrible. Yeah, honestly, when I think about it, like I'm not the biggest fan of like any soda. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Coca Cola is like so iconic. Oh yeah, the the red Coca Cola looks yeah. great. Like it, it's that's awesome. It, yeah, that's, even yeah. that Pepsi logo. Like uh, we're gonna get to that. Okay, we're okay. gonna get to the Pepsi okay. logo. That's the last one we have. The third one we have is 7-Up, which I also never drink. Yeah, no, like, I don't think I've ever had it. I'm not sure. What is it, lemon-lime? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um. So this is the first major rebrand of 7-Up in seven years, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> um, and it's the new logo that will be on cans, bottles, merch, all that kind of stuff. Um, so this is another Pepsi company or part of Pepsi. Um, and they want to give 7-Up more energy, playing in the idea that soft drinks uplift you. Um, okay. And the chief design officer said... It's a lie, but okay. <laughs> no, literally. I thought the same thing. And the chief design officer says, this kind of soda is usually something you drink in a joyful moment. So with 7-Up, it's always been part of the energy of the brand. So I'm like, okay, but also like uplifting. I don't know, like soda, like... Yeah, I feel like they're stretching it with this. I agree. Which I mean... All of design is a stretch, but sometimes the stretch doesn't work. True. And I think it's in this case. So the new logo keeps, like, the same, like, green color as before. It has, like, the big seven. Um, It also has, like, the red circle, which I've realized is, Mm -hmm. like, an iconic part of the brand. Um, And it added, like, a neon green color. And what I do like about it is, like, the colors are reversed for the zero sugar option. Yeah. So I thought that looks nice. Um, And it's very clean and minimal, you know, because everything's, like, becoming more minimal. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing. I I actually do kind of like this rebrand. I do, too. I think it looks good. I don't know about this, like, uplifting idea. Yeah. But I think it looks good. Oh, I get it. They're saying 7-Up, like, Mm 7-Uplift. Okay. Yeah, I mean, sure. It's sure. Yeah. (laughs) No, literally. Um, The... Seven has, like, a 3D effect. It gives it a sense of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, this is what I thought would be an interesting topic. So, like, 
Pepsi wanted 7-Up to work in the physical and digital world, and the chief design officer calls it fidgetal world. Fidgetal? Yeah, fidgetal. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't even know how to say this. But he says fidgetal world, and he said there's a fine balance between very tangible physical products in the digital world, and the more and more we have to consider the what did you call it? The digital world. The connection between the two worlds. So he said, like, when you design a brand, you have to think about the hybrid world because the branding is going to change for the next, like, seven, eight, nine, ten years. I hate that. So that was interesting. I'm not sure. There's a weird end to this. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't. I just don't. She's know not sure, think. guys. Yeah, it's weird. Update: Lauren is not sure about this one. Oh, I just broke the array. No, I didn't. Oh, I did. I broke the array. Wait. Oh, I was gonna clap for you. How did you break it? Oh, there we go. There we go. Good Nothing's broken in this. I fixed too. it. Yeah, I fixed it real quick. So we will be playing "So Good at Being in Trouble" by Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Don't go anywhere. We're back. We're back. We're back, and we're. <laughs> We're back with Pepsi. And we're prepared to be back. And we knew we were coming back on air. And, yeah. And, yeah, now <laughs> now, now we have the last rebrand of the big four, and we have Pepsi. So Pepe, Pepsi <laughs> <laughs> unveils what they call their unapologetic logo, which focuses on their brand heritage. It's their first rebrand in 14 years, and it was released on the 125th anniversary of the brand. Oh my um, gosh, they're old. Yeah, I know. I was like, that's a long time. Um, their chief design officer asks, how can we take everything we love about Pepsi in its past and create something that transcends? So I guess that was his concept controlling idea. Um, um, it didn't work. I know, I don't like it at all. Um, the rebrand retains Pepsi's globe, which has been the central logo since the 1950s, but it becomes flattened, which was used, like, in the 80s. Um, and now Pepsi, like, the word Pepsi is placed in the center of the globe, written in a customized large font, and it's written in black, which is different because since... 1987 it's been written in blue or white and they just added black into the mix which i don't like i think that's pulling from their 1950 to 86 mm -hmm. logo yeah but i feel like it should have never been included in the first place <laughs> that's what that's my opinion but in addition to adding black pepsi also chose a darker version of blue which they called electric blue and then when combined with the black. This blue gives vibrancy and contemporary edge to a classic Pepsi color, sp color scheme. And I, th I think this is interesting. Well, let me say one more thing. Okay, there's also a new Pepsi recipe, which has 57% less sugar than the current version, but it's only sold in the UK. Hmm. So anyway, that was also in my little articles. But what I want to discuss is how, like, trends always come back. Yeah. Because this, like, if you look at, like, the history of Pepsi logos... From 1950 to 1986, they have a logo that's very similar to their new one with Pepsi written in the globe with, like, the red and blue, like, almost wave pattern in the circle. Like, it's so similar. And I like it a lot better than the one from this year. Mm -hmm. I really don't like this new rebrand. But, yeah, I feel like trends 
like I, every company has their once they get old enough go we're going back to our roots we're mm-hmm. gonna like burger, burger king, king. Mm-hmm. yeah burger king yeah exactly and a bunch of other places that uh, have done it too and i think jacks did like fashion brands do the same thing, or mm-hmm. like fashion trends like you know yeah. we're still like hair. reveling in 70s and 80s and 90s stuff now yeah, yeah. hair and makeup come back as yeah, well exactly so i feel like this is just an instance where it came back again i'm not in love with the logo but i don't know that i loved the previous two either no i don't like the previous two i really like the one from 1987 to 1997 yeah that was the best one they had agreed i like that i like the one before it enough and then i like the like just oldie one not like the oldest one that one's crazy but (laughs) yeah no literally but the 1905 one is not bad the 1905 to 1949 really resembles like the Mm coca-cola i'm sure that's why they got rid of it yeah it was very it's very similar but but again we just need to stop putting black on soda cans they look dark and it makes it look like even unhealthier than it is yeah, I really just don't feel like the black is doing anything, and they definitely could have just done the same blue. It's not... Which, now that I'm looking at it, their blue has changed dramatically. It's a lot darker. Like, this royal blue they're using mm-hmm. now is a lot different than, like, the lighter blue from before. I just don't... I just don't mm. like all these colors together. I don't like how harsh everything looks. I, it looks yeah. so dark. and It just, does look really dark. Like, it doesn't make me feel good about drinking a pepsi i give this like a four out of ten agreed and i don't even know why i'm giving it four points well i like the font yeah that's that's about it i like the font (laughs) it definitely like captures movement and i can see Mm -hmm. how it it relates to the heritage and i think that was like their main points yeah so they hit it but they should have they should have reconnected with the 1987 one but it's fine Pepsi, if you're listening, go back to 1987. Please. We have theories, Pepsi. We yeah. would like to submit our theories to Literally. you. Literally. But now we're on to another rebrand, a controversial yes. one. Lee, what do you have for us? We're just doing all sorts of. We have not liked a single rebrand, and we're not about to like this one either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is this is this is our hater episode. You, yeah. We should title it that on Spotify. Our hater episode. Yeah, hating on every single <laughs> rebrand. So New York City recently unveiled their controversial revamp of the iHeart New York logo. Um, something I found really interesting about reading about this was the history of the first logo, which we'll get into a little bit at the beginning, a little bit at the end, but I'll just jump right in. So New York City has rebranded their iconic I Heart New York logo. The original logo was a typewriter style font used in the 1977 design. The updated wordmark created by graphic designer Graham Graham Clifford reads We Heart NYC in a blocky sans serif typeface. So first... It took me, like, a really long time of looking at this logo to, like, realize that it said We Heart NYC versus I Heart NYC. And I do like that thought process in it a lot. I mm-hmm. think uh, they could have gone somewhere really cool with that. Um, yeah. But as as we'll talk about there, they just did not. So the reason why there's so much controversy surrounding this logo resides in the center of it, the 3D heart. So if you look up the new I Heart New York logo, you're going to see this you're going to see a font that you could never imagine was designed by a graphic designer. Like, I hate to say it, but, like, I cannot think of, like, someone yeah. being educated in this field and doing that. I just don't get it. Um, so I wanted to see your opinion of why you thought he did the 3D heart, why you think uh, Clifford know. did this. Because it's such a, like, 
all the other brands are doing the exact opposite where they're going to 2D and making everything flat. And so for him to make it in 3D is really weird. I think what's bothering me the most about it now that I'm like really looking at it is the I Heart New York was all like contained in like this invisible box. Mm-hmm. And it fits so nicely. But now it's like we and then off to the side heart. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, it doesn't It doesn't. The composition fit. doesn't make sense. No, not at all. And then on top of it, it being like a gradient on the heart, it's just mm-hmm. like, why did you, why did you do that? The 3D is crazy here. The fact really that the, why he did it. the type isn't 3D is insane. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm also wondering like why the type isn't 3D, but the heart is 3D. Because 3D is ha- definitely having like a wave right now. Um, but you have to like really like full send it. Like you can't just kind of go half yeah, season on it. Exactly. So the logo's gonna star in ads across the city as part of an eight week campaign spearheaded by New York City Mayor Eric Adams, Governor Kathy Hochul, and the nonprofit partnership for New York City. The aim is to cut through the social and political divides highlighted by the pandemic and instead encourage collective action to regenerate the city in the form of community cleanups, promotions for neighborhood businesses, and other activities. So the the like stance behind why they made this rebrand is good. You know, it's like they just want people to connect and like feel connected, but I mean, New York City, I feel like, is a notoriously kind of cold place. Like, people don't beat around the bush there. Mm-hmm. And just to have this, like, really cheesy, like, fake logo. That's what I think bothers me. Yeah, it just doesn't capture New York City. I see this logo on, like, some I don't know, place in Tennessee or something. I feel like I, I like the addition of we. Like, I can get mm-hmm. behind that. Yeah, but I, like I think that. that the overall logo doesn't um represent the design and like artful mm-hmm. community of new york city like this doesn't agree. really match the energy at all so like we said the process behind the logo definitely stands up um the idea of community spirit is reflected in the logo's use of the collective pronoun we instead of the singular i while it's new font re- references oh this part's cool so the new font references the helvetica signage in the new york subway system which uh, the designer described as the heart of the, the beating heart of the city. So that was kind of his Which, idea. I like that. Yeah, the it, the process is solid. His his process to this point is solid, but it's just he just didn't make the right choices in the actual design itself. Why did he make the heart three D? Because like all because it's Helvetica. a beating heart. But still, I don't. I don't know. None of the Helvetica signage is 3D. It's so 2D. It's it's just... Like, all those circles. He had two different... It's like he was trying to connect them, saying, like, the Helvetica is the subway system, mm-hmm. and the subway system's the beating heart, but then visually the beating heart and the text isn't aligning well. So it's yeah. just... There was just another step I feel like he didn't really take. Yeah. He missed a refining step, for sure. <laughs> Something I did... Uh, find out when I was researching this is that this update doesn't replace the original logo. It's only going to be around for about eight weeks. Um, okay, good. Which was really nice. There's also some versions of this logo uh, that'll be advertised with basically emojis surrounding it um, yeah, as accents. Can. It's so bad. It's, it's so bad. It's like highly detailed emojis. It's like comically like it's, it feels satirical. Almost. It does. It feels like it's literally like pizza, what is that, like a sandwich, and There's, like the Empire State yeah. Building. It's like the cliches of New yeah. York. 
Yeah, it's it feels like a, a satire from like a show making fun of like what like corporate executives think of people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um so the Bronx born graphic designer Milton Glazer was the first uh, or was the person who sketched the original logo back in the seventies. He was sitting in the back of the taxi, in the back of a taxi and um sketched out the logo. Since that point it has been mass reproduced thousands and thousands and thousands of times now it's one of the most famous uh logos in history so the new logo still sparked backlash from designers and new yorkers alike so it's not just you know me and lauren sitting here being bitter no like people this is designers don't like this no one in our class when Mm. it was like first released liked it like no one had anything good to say about it there isn't a lot good to say about it um adobe's executive vice president of design which is like oh my gosh if he called me out i would just cry his name's scott belsky argued it lacked anything that feels timeless or iconic dang i if somebody if he told me that i i think i would have to quit designing well it's like new york city is is a timeless and a timeless and iconic city and Mm -hmm. how could you not hit those like two things yeah with this so um we'll pause here really quick and go into a little bit about the original creator, but we are going to listen to Cash Word by Megan the Stallion now. All right, we are back on Saturation Italicized on WGL 91.1 FM. We have been discussing the rebrand, the temporary rebrand of the iconic iHeart New York logo crafted in 1977. Um, a little bit of background if you didn't hear earlier, the Rebrand's bad. There's no other way to say it. No one likes it. People don't like it. Designers don't like it. New Yorkers don't like it. It's not good. It's not good for the city. Um, But I thought we would talk a little bit, like, a little bit more about what's happening in this logo, but then about the original logo's creator. So um, another comment we heard, or I saw about this logo was from Futurism's design director, which I believe is a design company. Um... Tag Hartman Simpkins commented that the wordmark looked like it had been feedbacked into the ground. He later went on to say, I can't imagine any person with a background in graphic design made this thing without a committee of bland politicians sanding away its edges until they felt su- safe enough to unveil it to the public. That is wow. definitely what happened to this. Wow. That had to be what happened to this. People, I feel like in the 1970s, like, like, whoever was making the I Heart New York logo become the logo of the city, not the designer, but the person who commissioned or, you know, took pay mm-hmm. for it, I guess. It's like they weren't thinking like, oh, is this going to like affect or I, I don't think they were thinking about the public in, to at least the extent that the officials of New York would think about it mm-hmm. now, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. So I can definitely that see how this is um, – come to this, this point at least good. it's it's so bad it's just you can tell it has been feedbacked by someone who knows nothing about design and that's what's so frustrating about working with clients mm-hmm. is like you do what they want even if what they suggest is not good yeah that's like I feel like if I had a chance to like get up on a stage in front of a bunch of people who aren't designers but have to like commission designers or like use designers at their job or work or whatever like I wish I could just get on a stage talk into a little microphone and just say sometimes you should just trust your designer sometimes you just need to understand like we have now been like studying this for four years of course there's actually like established designers who've been doing this for 10 plus years and they're just gonna they're gonna know how designs affect the general public better than politicians do yeah 
Definitely. And they know what would be appreciated as well. Um, he later went on to say the futurism design director. Oh, no, sorry. I already read that. Um, but the campaign's organizers maintain that its aim is to inspire optimism, did a terrible job at that, and civic yeah, action. There has literally. been civic action in the way that people have stated they just don't like it. Yeah. Uh, in line with the spirit of Glacier's original design is why they wanted it to inspire optimism and action. Um, because the original design was created as part of an advertising campaign by the state of New York to fight growing unemployment and promote tourism during rising crime rates. Hmm. Um, oh, no, sorry. That's That's why it's being created now is because mm-hmm. of the unemployment okay. and rising crime rates but it's reminiscent of when the original logo was created it was launched because there was an urban crisis going on specifically this urban crisis has a lot to do with the aids epidemic in new york um so the designer uh milton glasser as i said earlier passed away in 2020 um and for his entire life he used his design and his art and his work to advocate for causes he cared about which were which included but weren't limited to raising awareness for climate change encouraging people to vote and mobilizing action around the AIDS epidemic like i said so this wasn't just a designer he was an activist and i think that the history behind that logo the original one is just it's it's just beautiful mm-hmm. to know that it was being designed by someone or, or part of the reason i think that design is so good is you can tell it was designed by someone who genuinely loved new york city and wanted the best for new york city yeah and it it is such a timeless timeless logo yeah it is um he also just fun fact uh has rebranded new york once before temporarily milton glasser did um following the september 11th attacks where he created a logo that said i heart new york more than ever um which i thought that was sweet too sweet i thought that was really sweet so um it was it was cool well it sucked. It sucked looking at this new design and researching it because it just like it makes me angry to look at it. But in doing that, I got to learn about the old logo. It's such an iconic logo, and to know like the designer behind it. Um, and I don't know. The AIDS epidemic is a, like just a part of history that's always like kind of touched me, um, like really dearly. And it's it, I think it was just one of the like one of the many shortcomings of um, the government not to protect protect America's most vulnerable people. Um, so I think it's just it's cool that New York has a logo and has had a logo for so long that represents the vulnerable. So mm-hmm. I like that. I just um, I was looking up like the designer Milton Glasser mm-hmm. and the I heart New York more than ever came up like before you mm-hmm. said anything about it. And it said it was originally a small poster that was distributed all over New York by students from the School of Visual Arts the week mm-hmm. of September 11th. And it says that people in the streets and on their way to work saw this expression of deep feeling about the city on every storefront and doorway. The same combination of words and imagery was used at the front and back page of the Daily News on September 19th. Design is so powerful. It is. And it's so simple. Like, he gets it. He gets it. He got it. And there's like this little black blemish on the heart. Oh my know, which oh is so it speaks it does so Volumes. much more than the 3D heart. It's but it's cuz the first logo and that logo they're raw and they're emotional and they're mm-hmm. not bull crapping the viewer. They're trusting that the viewer is going to understand like Literally. the timelessness of that logo and this new one just doesn't trust the viewer at all. 
at all. And pe- the general public is not as dumb as politicians or like corporate CEOs may think we are. Like you can trust Period. people a little bit to appreciate yeah, art. Literally. In my opinion anyways. I agree. Um, we're going to pop to an, a song real quick and then an ad break. Then I think we have a game coming up. Yes. Um, very excited. But yeah, that was our that was our hater special, guys. That was our um, hater special. Now you are going to be listening to Dare by Gorilla, so do not go anywhere. Thank you, Dr. Phil. I love when you stop by. Have a good one. Bye. Are we starting with the game now? <laughs> <laughs> now that Dr. Phil is gone, we can officially start our game. We can get it going. So I have five like very random questions for you. I wanted to do a game, but I could not find a good subject matter. So it's really <laughs> just all design stuff. Fun. Okay. Um, the first one is, in terms of graphic design, what does CMYK stand for? Uh, cyan, magenta, yellow... Is the K black? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Give yourself a clapping sound. Oh, my gosh. Actually, I'm so impressed with myself right now. Okay. This one is a little harder, so I'm going to give you, like, some answer choices. Okay. Which historical figure is credited with designing the Great Seal of the United States? Ooh. Is it? Oh, it's uh, Thomas Jefferson or Ben Franklin. Sorry. Continue. It's neither of those. Oh, so, but what one of them the was one of my answer choices, so I'm just going to skip him. Okay. It's Charles Thompson, John Hancock, or David Swing? I don't know. The first or the last one, so I'm going John Hancock. See, this guy, the guy that's credited with it, Charles Thompson, he's, like, unknown. I've never heard of him Yeah, no, I've never. Was he, a, like, with the Founding Fathers? Was he chill like that? He was... I think so. He was in the Secretary of Congress in 1770, and while he's credited with making the Great Seal, it took 14 men to complete, (laughs) but he's the one getting all the credit. Okay, Charles. Was that his name? Yeah. Okay, Charles. So, Men behavior be like. Yeah, so it's a little little interesting. Um, And then question number three is what is the difference between raster and vector images is it a vector graphics are composed of pixels while raster graphics are composed of paths b raster graphics always appear three-dimensional c raster graphics are composed of pixels while vector graphics are composed of paths or D, vector graphics are less complex than ve- than raster graphics. C. C is correct. Yes. yes, yes, yes. I had to, like, just picture Photoshop for a little while. Like, picture when I copy-paste <laughs> something in there. And then question number four, which this is perfect, but it's in what year did graphic artist Milton Glasser create <laughs> the iconic I Heart New York <laughs> logo? Uh, uh, 1977. 1976. What? That well, that's what I read. But I mean, maybe it was 1977. It could. Uh, the article I read could have like counted the final version of it or yeah, something, maybe. which could have been finalized in 77 or we'll, something. We'll let you take it. Yay. Okay. And the last question is: While every design element serves an important purpose, which is the most basic? Is it shape, line, color, or space? Will you read the question again? And every design element, while every design element serves an important purpose, which is the most basic? 
And then what were the answers? <coughs> it was shape, line, color, and space. Um. Okay. This. So the most basic out of those. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the building block for well, everything. It's, it's not color. No. It's not color. I can say that. Uh. I'm good. Space. Line. Mm, mm, I was. I was. We're really doing so good. It. You were three for five. That's not bad. That's <coughs> really not. That's pretty good. I feel like line makes a lot of sense because, well, yeah, I should have gone with line because of just like how posters started off. I feel like with like mostly type, which would have been composed with lines, but I feel like space was a good answer, and I will defend it because. Anything you make in design has to involve space. Yeah, that's so true. And, like, negative space is so hard mm-hmm. to do successfully sometimes. I'm so bad at it. And it's like you'll look at something with good negative space, and you're like, oh, they just put that thing in the corner, and it worked. Yeah. But it's like when I put a thing in a corner, it doesn't work. No, literally. I think for s- negative space, if you want to do wonky negative space, I feel like you have to really commit to it in the sense where, like, you can't do wonky negative space on, like, a series of one poster like if you had a series of like or if you had a book and you wanted to a book of images and you want to do wonky negative space you could definitely do it then yeah because it'd be consistently wonky i agree not just one off but uh is that it yeah that's that's all all we have all right three out of five three out of five yeah not bad pretty good not bad. I'll come with a game for you next week. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. We have. I might do like InDesign shortcuts since we've done Illustrator and Photoshop. InDesign's my worst. We so could. I feel like this would be good. We could do like. I'll ask you three. You ask me three. Just to see how bad we both collectively mm. are at InDesign. Yeah, that sounds good. But we might end up doing the same questions. I feel so like I don't know. I don't even know all the tools in the toolbar of InDesign. No, I mean, I. We, this I mean, is we like barely terrible. Touch it, though. This is terrible. I don't know all the tool tools in um in Illustrator. I don't think I do either. I really don't. There's there's tools there's that I genuinely just, just forget exist. Yeah. And like like the width tool I forget about. Yeah. Pretty often. Which is definitely beneficial when you remember it. How do you use the knife tool? I know I could just YouTube this, but how I do you use know. it? I don't know. I was trying to use the scissor tool. Earlier today, and I was so confused. Nothing happens. Yeah, exactly. So nothing happens. Doing something wrong, but I don't know what it is. I'm sure it's some command key you have to click no, or something. It's some some letter on there. But I guess that is all for us on this lovely Tuesday night. But you will catch us Thursday, no Friday morning. Yes, for the Weagle fifty second birthday. Um, you should be hearing us from mm-hmm. 4 to 5 a.m. Friday morning if you're yep. up that early. But something tells me if our listeners are up at this hour, <laughs> we're not going to be up at that hour. Well, we'll definitely reach someone, and someone who probably has never heard the pod before is going to hear it. With Literally. Silly Willies. Yeah. So yeah, Silly cool. Willie, whose show is on right after ours, will be joining us. So, so it's going to be fun. It's a Weagle Day is a 24-hour live stream. It's to really celebrate our birthday. Holiday. It is a national yeah. holiday. It's super important. Um, but it's to celebrate Weagle's 52nd birthday. Um, it'll, it'll be a fun time. There's going to be people in the studio at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3, us at 4. All, so. all day long. Yeah, I'll be walking over from work Yeah, to do the <laughs> podcast. It's going to be weird. Leisha's playing an all-nighter. Yeah, I um, am. It'll be good. <laughs> Stay it'll tuned good. to see what we have. Well, thank you for tuning in, everyone. And like we always say, War, War Damn Eagle. Eagle. 
Thank you for listening. This was Saturation Italicized with your hosts, Lauren and Lee. Tune in next week at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays for more art and design discussion. And follow our Instagram at saturation.italicized. War Eagle.